0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 49 of Artifice. The big thing that's going on this week is my crowdfunding campaign for masks went live. Um... I've talked about it a bit on like my social media channels, but for this project, um, I've hired over 35 professional artists, um, musical artists, visual artists, uh, all kinds of people to help me like create this amazing experience. That's so much more than an album, all of these visual art companion pieces. Um, it feels like such a, a strong representation of my values and, you know, the kinds of things we talk about on this podcast. Um, and because i'm i'm am uh, i I'm involving so many other artists and i've I've already paid those people out of pocket um the the project is finished. um I thought I would do a crowdfunding campaign, you know to kind of fundraise honestly for like you know the next project that I do, and I'll just tell you I already have some some like pretty big ideas um so if you're if you're interested in these kinds of things that you know you hear me talking about and you wanna um, support these kinds of projects and help me to kind of, um, curate big creative projects for other artists to work on and, um, you know, to fund other artists, um, and support their careers. You can go to Indiegogo, um, and search masks or my name, or I think the hyperlink, the shortened link is like, um, IGG as in like Indiegogo.me slash fund masks. Um, and I would really appreciate it. But if you can't, that's totally fine. Um, if, if you want to support it and you don't have, um, you know, discretionary funds, you can also just share the link and share the project with, um, with people who, uh, who you think might want to, um, contribute. And also like for this podcast, um, I don't have like a Patreon or anything like that yet. So, you know, you can also just think of it like if you want to support this podcast and kind of like, you know, the hundreds of hours that I, that I put in, um, you know, I would really appreciate that. It, it would be really helpful. I'm going to keep doing the podcast kind of no matter what, cause it feels really meaningful to me. Um, but it would, it would help to not be doing all of it for free. Um, Anyway, so that's the big thing. Masks is coming out soon. The crowdfunding campaign started yesterday, March 9th, and it's going to end on April 17th, which is my birthday. I'll be 32. Um, But today's episode is my interview with my friend and colleague, Melissa Heath. She is an opera singer and she's she's an amazing singer and also a brilliant teacher and educator. Um, I loved talking with Melissa about how she, um, applies creativity to technique. Um, so many cool things. Her bio is so long. She's done so many amazing things. So you'll have to read the whole thing, um, on in the show notes, but I'm going to, I'm going to read you a little bit of it. Soprano Melissa Heath enjoys a varied career of opera, concert and recital work, hailed as a soaring, sparkling soprano with a vivacious stage presence. Recent opera roles include "Da Da dot, dot a million things. Um, I'm going to skip ahead in the bio to what she's doing this year. Um, in 2020, she will appear with Utah Chamber Artists, Brigham Young University Choirs and Orchestra, and again with both Ballet West and the Temple Square Chorale and Orchestra. Ms. Heath was a district winner in the Metropolitan Opera- Opera's National Council Auditions and was a two time regional finalist in the National Association of Teachers of Singing's Biennial Art Song Competition. Ms. Heath is an assistant professor of music and the vocal area coordinator in the Department of Music at Utah Valley University. She holds a bachelor's degree in voice from Brigham Young University and her master of music and a doctorate of musical arts degrees in voice from the University of Utah. Okay, everybody, I know you're going to enjoy Melissa Heath. Sometimes art feels like magic, pure, visionary. And sometimes, it's brought to you in part by focus groups and algorithms. And the makers of art are no different. We're creatives, sure, but we're also salespeople. We need imagination and imitation. We need deep, meaningful connections. But we also have to network. Yep, even if you're an introvert. And that's my point. Balancing vulnerability with veneer is tricky, and it's a struggle we don't often share. So let's share. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Today's episode of Artifice is brought to you by The Voice Straw. Back in episode 36, I interviewed Justin Timberlake's voice teacher, the amazing Mindy Pack. Mindy just launched this incredible new product designed to improve the quality of singing and vocal performance through science and proper technique. The Voice Straw is a vocal training tool for singers, actors, and speakers. It helps relieve tension, strain, breathiness, cracking, and flipping in the voice. Scientifically shown to improve singing technique, a must-have tool for anyone looking for vocal success. Head to www.voicestraw.com and enter promo code Artifice10. That's all caps A R T I F I C E one zero for ten percent off your purchase today. So Um, this is really fun. I like it so much. I feel like I love connecting with people. I love having sort of like I've noticed that's really cool. It's my favorite. And I feel like we're all so busy, we don't have time to, like, get proper lunches. So I feel like doing a podcast, like, it's That's not like, a, that's not a hack. thing. Yeah. I think I'm actually going
1: to take out my earrings.
0: I always don't wear earrings when I do these because they'll stab your head.
1: So do you have a recording studio in here, too?
0: No, it's just this, but
1: this is, like, hooked up where mm-hmm. I, I
0: could... But I don't know how to do that. <laughs> it's not a thing I do. I'm actually
1: kind of surprised that you don't know how to do that. You seem no. to know how to do all the things. Thank
0: you. I appreciate that. I try to always be learning new stuff, but yeah, I mean, I have jazz go. studies degrees, um, not a commercial music degree, so there's no yeah. there's no recording in it.
1: Well, and I don't know how old you are, but I'm 32 almost. Okay, so I'm older than you. But back in my day, there wasn't it wasn't as a thing. much. Yeah. It was- it wasn't
0: as much. It wasn't a that's thing true. even when I was in. Co- like, I mean, I finished my master's degree in 2012, and like Spotify was brand new. You know,
1: that's right. I if remember when Spotify like a, came. I remember when Spotify came to be. Yeah. Well, I finished my undergrad in 03 slash 06. Yeah. And if YouTube I think I was like a, not.
0: Oh yeah. Like YouTube was not a thing.
1: And I had to take <laughs> in some one of my classes. There was some sort of finale. Yeah. requirement where you had to type some things in but I couldn't yeah. I couldn't tell you anything about that now Ugh. and that's like all that my husband does well he likes oh, to cool. write things out actually someone longhand. else was
0: just I know I'm gonna forget who it was but someone else was here the other day who knows you and um said that you're I should interview your husband
1: yeah, you should. He's, yeah, more, I, he's more interesting than I am. Uh, I, I think tell you you're that. both
0: interesting <laughs> and I want to talk to both of you. So
1: um, I forget who it was or maybe
0: I just like was out to lunch with Joan Steinman. and She oh, was like, I yeah. interviewed Melissa's husband and I was like, I don't know anything about it. But now I know a few things because she told me.
1: Yeah. Do you still teach the jazz ensemble at BYU? No,
0: I left BYU because it was a dark time.
1: Okay. (laughs) sorry to hear that. It's okay. But my husband teaches theory at BYU.
0: Oh yeah. She told me that. But then she said he was into like, um, I think it was Joan that he's, he does like a lot of like avant-garde composition, which I'm so interested in. Yeah.
1: So you'd probably, you'd probably really enjoy his music. His, um, he started as a classical pianist, but he's a jazz pianist now mostly. I mean, he can accompany jazz pieces. Christian Asplund.
0: I don't know him at all. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
1: You'd was going to have... say,
0: maybe I've heard like, and then it wouldn't connect, but no. Um, cool. <laughs> well, I will I'll, I'll, I'll put him on my list.
1: He traditionally hasn't worked a lot, a lot with singers. That's not true, actually. He wrote a lot of operas and he used to do a lot with opera when he lived in Seattle. Okay, cool. Um, and they, he did some after moving to Utah, but experimental music here. <clears throat> excuse me it's does not different. have the same scene totally i mean he gigged like almost he could gig every night in seattle yeah. if he wanted to Oh, it makes because he plays viola too yeah um
0: i wish there were more like <clears throat> the things that i think people think are like on the edge of things here are like not at all on the edge
1: <laughs> his stuff is definitely on the yeah. edge
0: i'm so into and it and then I he love even that knows kind of he
1: knows the communities here that are like a little over yeah <laughs> over the edge yeah you yeah. know <laughs> Yeah. So we've been to a few gigs where he's like, "I don't think you're going to be really comfortable here." He's like, "I'm not comfortable here," (laughs) and it's it's so good for you to like zany and and out there. But everybody's always really nice. Yeah. You know. I think it's
0: so important to like for at least some of us to push the boundaries.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. And when I, um, you know, when we met, I had done. I love 20 and 21st century music, art song. I love it. Yeah. But I'd never, besides like Baroque ornamentation and some Mozartian ornamentation and a few, I mean, I knew how to do, I've sung Gershwin, so I know how to do some jazz licks and things like that. But as far as just like straight up making things up, I hadn't ever really done that. And Christian's in charge, well, he he leads GEM, which is the experimental music group at BYU. So I went to a rehearsal with him. (laughs) And I remember being like, okay, so what do I do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, just do whatever. He's like, just listen, get the feel for yeah. it. And then join in when you oh, feel like you something have something like that you can so add.
0: Free about it, but terrifying.
1: Yeah. And I didn't even, I mean, I'm so used to, I'm not afraid of making mistakes, but I'm just yeah. used to following what's on the page. Yeah. And I'm very detail oriented. Yeah. You know, I'm a tidy musician. Yeah. So I'm I very much it. used to that. And I, I love making up ornamentation. But when you've got like, and it's always whatever instruments are there. Yeah. You know, whoever's there yeah. that day.
2: Right. Oh, I would so love that. And so some people
1: are like speaking and some people are making intonations, using like clapping or snapping or yeah. something. So once you've done it, then I'm like, okay, now I know how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my, my, so my husband does it. And then I've got a brother-in-law who's an incredible drummer. Awesome. Um super improvisational and everything. Yeah. And also of course can do standard stuff. Yeah. But I remember them both being like, you're really good at this. I'm like, how do you know? Yeah. I, I know. My... I feel the same way. <clears throat> They're Every- like, well, you just, they, you just do it. Yeah. You know, you're
0: what they mean. I, I assume <laughs> is like, you're brave. Like I guess, you're, you're I like present and willing. That's like more than well, half the battle. I or think. Im-
1: that you listen and that you're, you yeah. fit in with what other people are doing right. and you kind of get an idea. Cause they don't like when they improvise, like we have, um, we always have Boxing Day concerts at our house. Cool. We have a grand piano in our living room. And this year we had four percussionists there. Wow. <laughs> including my brother in law and nephew, who are both just incredible. Two other drummers that Christian has played with before. And they just did improv. Yeah. That's all they did. Wow. And you kind of like, there were a couple times when I thought they were done and yeah. they weren't. Somebody was in a groove and they all just stayed yeah, with, it with. with it and went with it. And one so piece exciting. was like 45 minutes. I love it. And there were some people there who would never been to this kind of thing before. They read about it in the paper. It's awesome <laughs> to like the- <laughs>
0: watch that kind of thing happen. I think that's really it's, special. I love
1: it. I love yeah. watching them and they're so fabulous and they're in the groove and they're doing it. <clears throat> but it's been good for me as far as just branching out into that other style
0: stretching your
2: brain well
1: and also you have a you know you have a a preconceived notion or a realistic idea of what your instrument does totally sorry this is it's all good it's the time of year it's my allergies too yeah yeah and probably pancakes for dinner (laughs) but syrup you know we we both have an idea of the kind of things that we do well like if somebody were to call me and be like oh there's this jazz club that needs a singer I'd be like well I'll give you some numbers of somebody to call totally like if you want me to do a couple Gershwin pieces at a wedding in another set I feel really comfortable with that but as far as like
0: improvising just get up and do the
1: standards I'm like I just don't know that you know yeah so this was just a place that I didn't think that I fit yeah and That's so it was awesome. just good to kind of let go. And now people in his circle, they're like, oh, are you going to join us? And I'm like, well, I don't know. And, but it's That's more fun great. now because I just feel like yeah. I can jump in and you feel like welcome. And, yeah. kind of at and home. I know how to adjust my voice to the sound. Yeah. And um, I would love to hear that. And the thing is, too, is that they will they, they all adjust to the other people in the group, yeah. too.
0: It's that total presence. It's so, like I was just talking about this with Brian <clears throat> uh, Nielsen. Yeah. Um, And I think it was Ryan that I'm like, like doing the exact same thing that I was doing before with Joan. (laughs) I think it was Joan. I think it
1: was Ryan. Um, (laughs) You've interviewed so many people. I've been talking
0: with a lot of people. Um, I just went to lunch with Joan. Um, But uh, yeah, he was saying like the thing that's really special about jazz and like improvised music, I think is really just what he means is like, you have to like receive so much. Like you have to be so aware and listening, but you also like absolutely must give, which is like, it's such a, it's such a, like beautiful balance of like I'm gonna add things I'm gonna like respond to things it's cool let's I want to yeah. talk about you okay <laughs> we've been like I, I want to I'll probably keep like some of this on here but let's <laughs> let's uh, let's start from well, the beginning this so, is about me <laughs> yes that's true but I'd like to get some context for like sure. who how you got <laughs> to be like who you, and where you, you are ask the question okay um and I I totally appreciate tangents too um so I like to start with everybody about like how they were as a creative child because so much of what I'm interested in is like connecting like what a child is like with like the creative adult that you've like become so um I'd love for you to tell me like what kinds of things you hear and or remember that you were doing creatively as like a little kid okay
1: um I don't know that I remember little little kid stuff my memories are kind of more like after I was six. Okay. If that makes sense. I up. think that's I little enough. Yeah. I really don't remember before that. Sometimes I'll look at pictures of myself when I was littler and I'll go I'll have like a flash and I'm like, yeah. Okay, I think I remember being in that space. Totally. But as far as clear memories, it's more like six and older. Great. Um I played piano from like starting at five, my mom taught Suzuki piano. So I took Suzuki piano. No wonder you have good ears. Well, and that's, that's what I'll say for Suzuki.
0: Yeah. Good ears. (laughs) Not so strong on the reading.
1: I didn't learn to you know, piano. So I did Suzuki piano for several years and that was fun. I loved that. You know, we have videos of me playing the piano and I'm like, I wish I could play that well now.
0: Yeah. It's Uh, (laughs) the same thing. Like I played piano, played classical piano, like, you know, Okay, fairly well, you know, compared compared to people who don't play, I guess. Um, and then <laughs> yes. when I went to get a jazz studies degree, I had to learn how to read chords, and now I'm like mm-hmm. sort of bad at both things. <laughs> you know, like my regular sight reading is like definitely worse than it used to be. <laughs> my chord reading is like a lot better than it used to be, but like yeah. not awesome.
1: And see, I wish that I had had some experience with chord reading yeah. as part of my piano education because when important. I used to teach you know for a couple of years I was teaching some commercial voice students at UVU yeah before we hired more commercial faculty and then a couple you and a couple yeah. of people were I never in and taught out.
0: private lessons I was it, just it, teaching like it, a weird master class yeah. yeah
1: but so um and I'd never I mean I enjoy that kind of music and um of course I love all kinds of music but yeah um it's nice. It to... was easier for me to uh, accompany, so to speak, yeah. commercial songs because I was like, I can switch between chords totally. and do a little, like, totally rolling, whatever. Yeah. Um, but as far like, if I, if you want me to play like the right hand of a handle yeah. situation and no. it's fast, yeah. I'm yeah. like, I, uh-uh. I can do like moderate up to moderate tempos totally. and like, it, you know, like some rolling some like little
0: Alberti bass.
1: Yes. But um, I'm not, I'm, and then I get distracted because I'm thinking about the student's voice, which is my number one concern. Totally. So I'm I like, okay, I cannot so do this. Yeah. I've played so many wrong notes. You probably unlearned your part. Yeah. So let's oh just gosh. not do this. And this is why we have accompanists too for right. classical.
0: Bass. Oh, well, cl- I mean, it's such a different thing because the classical accompaniment really needs to be right. Um, whereas like, you know, if you're playing in a pop style, it, it doesn't, there's no right. Yeah. It's just like, this is kind of the chord. Yeah. You need cord. to, yeah, you need to have
1: the right key and yeah. then you can expand. Right. So, so um, yeah, I play piano. Um, I listened to a ton of music. When yeah. I was, I was going to ask,
0: like when I talk to people whose parents are like actively creative and I assume your mom's teaching piano, she is, I mean, that's yeah. actively creative. Yeah, I, I think it's such a different type of a childhood. Then people for whom, you know, your parents like love football, and then they're like, you are. What are you like? What are you into? So, yeah. how? What was your dad like? Or like, what? What? Maybe I just want to know. Like, was your mom, like, was everyone in your family
2: creative?
1: So my parents both come from musical families, but not like professional music families. Okay. My mom grew up playing piano and organ. Both of my grandmas play piano my okay. mom's mom also plays organ she owns a hammond b3 sweet which my husband geeks out yeah geeks out on can we go to your mom's house Like, before we play christmas carols <laughs> let's sing some doors that's what we I love so it. my grandma has that hammond organ um and then my grandma heath played also played guitar and played piano and sang cool. both of my grandmas sang cool not professionally but like but in it's church. something they have a love Plus, for they and... just sang yeah like sitting it's around with your guitar or on the piano singing. Yeah. That was just something they did growing it's up. So
0: special. I, yeah. I think that tells a child so much about like what creativity is and can be. Yeah. What do you think? Or like um, how, I mean, I guess I just am wondering what the I really want to know, like, what the atmosphere and like your perception of the atmosphere as a child was. Like, did you feel free to create? Did you feel like there was judgment around it?
1: No, I always felt very free to to create, and I didn't know it was being creative at the time. Yeah, you know, I just was a big player as a kid. Yeah. I loved playing. I was always outside. I was always I would have this line of stuffed animals in my bed, your and imagination I would make was up active. Stories. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and I, think- I loved being outside and just. Free because I felt like my mind could just totally be free.
0: I think most, like most of the people that I interview, and I also just assume that I can extrapolate that to like a lot of people. Your creativity is imagination when you're a kid because that's what yeah. your like motor skills, language skills will allow, yeah. you know, like, right. um, and also your kind of resources. So what happened next? Like what else were you doing that was creative? And it, it I don't care if it's music, just... What was going on in your creative I mean, I was
1: always involved. I always sang in choirs from the time I was a little kid. Cool. And um, we actually, I was born in Germany. We lived in Germany oh, twice I when I was growing up because my dad was in the military. Cool. So I'd like to think that had some sort of cultural yeah, <laughs> effect as well. But so when I was in junior high, we moved back to Germany. We'd been in the States um, for like six years. We moved back to Germany and... Um, I continued to do choirs there. Sorry, how old were you? You just um, said, but I... 10. Okay. We moved back to Germany when I was 10. Okay. And we always had, there was always a choir going on or whatever else. And I, I continued taking piano lessons until I was 11. And then I quit. Yeah. My mom let me quit. Yeah. <clears throat> so I did take a little while non-Suzuki. Yeah. <laughs> and then I quit because, you know, and I'm like, mom, why did you let me quit?
2: But, yeah. you know, it's, I don't so remember. as old as time. I don't remember
1: back then what my reasons were. Yeah. But I was playing... I played sports a lot growing up, too. Cool. I played basketball and softball and soccer, and I continued to play those through junior high. And then later in junior high, there weren't organized teams, if that makes sense. Sure. So I kind of didn't do that as much. And when we moved back to the States, I was a freshman in high school. We moved to Ohio. Okay. And um, I did continue to play soccer, but I tried out for basketball and I didn't make it. And... um, but I got into choir and I started doing musicals right away. So I was always doing both of those things throughout high school.
0: So can I ask, like, you know, I I like to ask people kind of questions as it relates to, like, kind of your human development, and I think, like, a child mind is a specific thing, and then when you're kind of, like, in that, like, you know, 12 to 14 range, that's something else. So um, to the best of your ability to, like, remember, what did, like, your participation in, in art, like a mean to you as a child? Like, how did you kind of like self-reflect about
1: it? I don't think I intellectualized it okay. like that.
2: Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think that's a perfect I answer. I loved doing it. Yeah.
1: And I also didn't care what anybody else thought about it.
2: Yeah. It you was know just I mean? like, it you was were something just, I did sure. and
1: I always had friends yeah. in choir too. So maybe that was part yeah, of it. Totally. But I don't remember thinking, oh, I can't do this or I can do this. It was yeah. what I, I liked to do things that I was, good at. Yeah.
2: Um, did you feel
0: like, um, you know, music is like something that I do, or did you just kind of feel like I did music and sports and like, did it feel like part of the things that I did? Yeah. I love that. And you know, part of the reason I like to ask this is like, you know, I, I get obsessed with like how people stop being creative as adults. Mm. And I feel sometimes like if I can talk to enough people who've maintained creativity into adulthood you know, it might mean something for like, yeah. and I and I think a lot of times people assume that in order to be a creative, like grown person, you need to be an extra creative child or like a super, and like, I don't think that's true. So I like to ask, and I love this answer of just like, I was doing music and a lot of other stuff and it wasn't like, yeah. I... I'm a creative child.
1: No, and, and then my parents didn't push it on yeah. that on me either. There were, they let me do kind of what I wanted to do, yeah. and there were always activities that I could do. That's great. Um, but I think part of it was that part of me just didn't care about conforming to yeah. anything in particular or, like, great. trying to be cool. I was just myself.
2: Yeah. Because,
1: of course, I look back and I can remember, like, People making fun of me for this or for that like so I was not fully aware you know there are some yeah. teenagers and young kids who are just always aware of every move they make as far as like totally. I have to dress this way I have to say these things I have to look this way I have to be this person yeah. and I was never like that. you were just like I was aware through. that certain people didn't like me and these were my friends you yeah. know but I didn't care was any enough. of that
0: like you know teasing or whatever was it related to was any of it related to the activities you were doing,
1: Um, no, not really. It was just
0: like it's just general benign stuff, or kind of you know yeah, sure. Well,
1: and I continued playing soccer through high school, and I wasn't that great. I was yeah. on JV for my freshman, sophomore, and junior year, and then my senior year, I was I had leads in all the shows, and yeah. so
0: you were like, got to make a choice now. I, yeah, I remember okay, telling
1: my dad like, I don't, I'm not going to play soccer this year, and him yeah. being like okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: okay. So he wasn't upset, but I could tell that he was like, well, I kind of wish you'd stick yeah, with it. But. It's so you,
0: you have to choose that. And that's why I like to track it from the beginning. Cause when you're little, I think most kids aren't serious about anything. Some kids like certainly yeah. are like very like conscious about like I am a dancer, you know, like I'm certainly sure. like that happens. I don't think it's that common, but I, I think
1: th- that depends a lot too on what your parents are like. My parents are very chill people. Yeah. Like, I mean, they were solid disciplinarians and everything, but super non That's great. About me and my siblings. Um, you know, they were, it was always like, don't do this illegal thing, you know, right. and be safe. But
2: as long as you're they safe let us, and healthy, yeah, they, then. they
1: let us figure out and experiment with different things that we wanted. That's cool. That we wanted to do. Yeah. But I never had that. My parents are not any, anything like stage parents. Yeah. So it wasn't like, you will go do this yeah. and don't, I mean, they took me on my practices and I yeah. loved going, but I don't ever remember there being I I don't want to go. And they yeah. pressured me. I also had a pretty good childhood and i didn't have any mental health issues as a kid yeah so i think that helps too totally i had supportive sane parents and not a lot of people have that
0: (laughs) that's so true i realized yeah yeah i'm thinking like yeah my parents definitely weren't like stage parents either but it was almost the opposite where i had to like fight to do creative stuff Mm. i had to like really advocate for myself like i want to join this children's choir you know i had to be like pretty Mm. um aggressive about it, yeah. which which made me, I think, have to identify as a creative child, maybe in a way that some kids wouldn't, because I had to kind of like claim it in order to like advocate for it,
1: you know? And maybe it was easier because my parents grew up, my mom didn't really play sports, but my dad grew up doing music and sports. Yeah. Um, he was in choir and actually he had to drop, he had to drop out of a musical. He to drop out of
2: choir for, to, to, do, pick to do sports. Yeah. Well, because cool. he was really yeah. good at sports. Yeah. And so
1: he was like the captain of everything, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But he has a beautiful singing voice. And again, comes from this home where everybody yeah. was playing instruments and singing around the house. Yeah. So I think for them, that was just kind of part of a balance. It was a duality.
0: Yeah. yeah. I talked, I interview mm. a lot of people who say a similar thing. Like my parents were these kind of broad types of people And so it was just their assumption that we would be broad children, you know, like have broad interests. And I think that's really open and healthy. So when you get into like junior high and high school, that typically I think is the time where you maybe start getting a little bit more serious about your skill sets. Sure. So I'd love to hear you talk about like just how that was from your perspective as you started like you know, you start having auditions and like getting parts and maybe carrying a little bit and being a little bit more aware of like where your strengths and weaknesses are. What do you remember about like that time in your life? So from when you moved back to the States until you're like getting ready to graduate.
1: So... Uh- <clears throat> my freshman year in high school of course I joined choir and I was part of our high school show choir
2: yeah great and
1: I I started C-quinning. I was doing musicals cool so I I was always pursuing my craft you know yeah. I loved doing it and people said oh you have a nice voice yeah. and I knew that I could like stay on pitch or whatever else I had no concept of what like where my level was sure. and I didn't ever really I didn't ever really think about it but you
0: had and, the idea like I'm good at this
1: yeah like yeah. I knew I could do it but I didn't because I remember a point where I, some girls were making fun of me for singing, and mm. I didn't realize that l- it was until later that it was because I was good.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so you yucky. Know? I. It's such a it's such a gross thing to get like teased or belittled because like you're good at something.
1: It's yeah. <laughs> so sad. But my current self <laughs> yeah. at the time was just like, oh, I don't know what they're t- like. You just
0: didn't. You just weren't attached well, to it.
1: And I wasn't like a snobby kind of thing, but I was like, well, it's not my fault I got the solo.
0: <laughs> totally. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's terrible. But I really didn't have like, what am I? Yeah. I didn't have an awareness. That was just yeah. a part of who I was. It was not yeah. everything okay. that I was. I a really I had tons of friends and social life. And, you know, yeah, but I loved to inquire. I loved doing theater. I loved going to watch sports stuff, listen cool. to a lot of pop and rock. And, yeah. So it was pretty varied. Was
0: there a time in your like high school years? So like pre college, that you felt like you really wanted to like, get better at it? Or was that something that kind of happened later?
1: I don't have a memory of that.
0: Okay. I have a memory
1: of somebody telling me, and my husband was asking me this the other day, and I think it was my high school drama teacher who said, you need to get into voice lessons. Yeah. So I started taking voice lessons my uh, my junior year in high school. Okay. And that's when it was more like my teacher was like, Oh, well you can do this and this and this, and here's how you really push to improve. Um, I had just, um, I didn't do weird things with my voice, if that makes sense. I, yeah. Well, what do you mean? Well, because I'd never had lessons. I wasn't, like, I wasn't trying to mimic, like, I'm trying to think of a voice that was popular then, like, Alanis Morissette or something yeah. like that, you know?
0: Yeah. You just mean you were keeping it pretty natural. I just, yeah. yeah. I just
1: sang with my own voice. You a- affecting it. And I never had anybody tell me to do weird things with it, yeah. if that makes sure. sense. Yeah. So when I started taking voice lessons, though, I started, you know, amassing those skills mm. Yeah. kind of, pushing And then batteries. realizing more what I could do with my voice yeah. um, and what it meant to really practice and yeah. learn how to breathe. Yeah. And how did that feel to you? Um, that, I mean, I loved it. Yeah. I, I knew that I loved it. Cause I remember when I was younger in high school, I had kind of thought about wanting to be a dietitian. Cool. And it was more like toward my junior year that, and you know, you start getting, I started getting more compliments from people. And yeah. again, I was like, okay, well, I, but yeah. still, I had nothing to compare it to. I didn't really listen to um, a ton of classical music. Sure.
2: Yeah, we of had course. this. I we mean, had
1: this Messiah recording of Kiri Takanoa singing. Singing I, <laughs> singing. I know the Messiah. Messiah. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved listening to that. And there were a few other classical voices sure. that I'd heard. But my parents were not like opera aficionados. I mean, and most it's of so the classical... rare for children
0: to hear opera, yeah. unfortunately.
1: Most of the classical music that was played was instrumental. Sure. And most of the vocal music I heard was pop or rock. right? And it was, you know, so good 70s. So you were 70s, introduced to
0: opera like stuff. in your voice lessons. Yes. And mm-hmm. yeah, how did it, hit? like, do you remember like how you felt about
1: it? Well, I remember like, it was really fun that my voice could expand into this new yeah. place. That you know? felt like. Because it's just a fact that. Opera is more expansive than musical theater for the most part. Yeah. So it was just a new place for me to go and higher notes and broader range and longer phrases. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, Did you
0: feel like it um, like I'm curious how it related to like your athleticism? Like, did you feel like like opera was like, did it did it tap into the same kind of thing in you that made you like doing sports um, like this kind of like? human ability thing.
1: I don't think I ever saw, a saw it that question. way, but yeah. I think that I was always a really energetic kid. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't like I always had to be doing something I could be. Sure. Like you could chill, chilling out yeah. too. I wasn't an ADHD kid, but I was always a kid who did better when they were, you
0: just needed with stimulation some movement in my life. Sure.
1: So that for sure is part of singing that I didn't realize was sort of getting then interwoven into my life and sort of taking the place of the movement that was in sports, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. you can yeah. be just as exhausted after an opera as you can after a game.
0: I mean, don't I know? I mean, I don't do opera, <laughs> but I do these like pop yes. gigs that are like four hours. <laughs> and like if I'm and then I I also frequently perform at like these cause I do a lot of weddings. Yeah. So we perform at like these mountain resorts that are like freaky high elevations and then i'll sing for like four hours and like my abs are sore the next day
1: yeah i don't think i could sing for four hours in a row but
0: well um, it's really like four 45 minute sets with 15 minutes in between gotcha but um still
1: that's a lot of singing it is a
0: lot of singing
1: but it's there's also like dancing there's so much energy involved in it and actually if we're making the connection from like when do adults lose creativity? I mean, it comes into the point where you start caring what other people think Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: where you start having to feel like you have to put yourself into a box. Mm -hmm. Our society is really good at doing that with people. Oh, you should conform to this and this and this and this. And some of that is okay, like laws. We should have laws so that we remain safe. Um, But all of a sudden, like as a, and even as a college student, I wasn't really ever that self-conscious, but certainly there were those like, Oh, I have to yeah. be this kind of person, or Ugh, things I that like come that with being when a like woman. A like, kid. like you have oh, to totally. be quiet, or you yeah, have to, barf. you know, you can't show that you're whatever. Oh my gosh! So I remember when I got into my so music was always a way I could play.
0: Sure, it gave it gave you. Yes, I talk about that with people all the time. I don't know if you find this, but like I've found as a voice teacher that like when I have a brand new student and I'll ask them like, "What are your concerns about your voice?" Just like I want to know what they think, and. Only women, like I've never had a male student say like, I can't project, like I only have female students ever say that. (laughs) And I just think like, no, you definitely can. Like, it's probably more of like a, a won't Yeah. or like a shouldn't, you know, Or they just
1: don't know how to use their voice. There are some people who just have never really used their voice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I think I always tell when I have female students who like, you know, in my experience, and and it may be that a different type of person seeks out opera lessons than seeks out pop lessons.
1: Depends. But,
0: um, when I, when I finally will, you know, when they finally have that moment where they go like, Oh, I think I, I can't project. Cause I don't, I don't want to be obnoxious. I don't want to be like, you know, I'll just be like, okay, I get that like this volume level, you don't feel is like acceptable, like over the dinner table, but like, it's kind of one of the beautiful things about singing is it gives you like a different set of rules. Yeah. So I totally get that. I think I felt similarly as a child like whether or not I was, you know, aware of it back then, I think I knew that the places I was doing music were places that I could I had a little more room than I had at home.
1: Well, and I was naturally like a loud child. Yeah. <clears throat> I remember once. Sorry. <clears throat> I remember in my, like, I think it was either 7th or 8th grade English class, I've always had like a raucous laugh. Yeah, I you love know? it. And just, you know, I could be quiet in places I needed to be quiet, sure, but yeah. I was generally not a super quiet yeah. person. I was talkative and my yeah. voice was loud and whatever yeah, yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. But I remember my English teacher, we were in groups doing something and um, I was laughing with my peers about something <laughs> My teacher goes, "Who's doing all that loud laughing?" And then she looked over. She's so like, "Melissa." And I'm like, "Oh, that was one Sorry. of the times where I was like, oh, yeah. I guess I'm I guess I'm loud." But as I got oh, older, gosh. that kind of quieted. Yeah. You know, it kind of quieted down. Um, and s- somewhere along the way I let myself stop playing. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in my undergrad. So when I was in my undergrad cuz then you get in your undergrad. So, you know, I made this audition video to send into BYU with like no expectation or knowing yeah. what could happen. I just remember my teacher being like, Oh, don't worry. You'll get in. And I was like, I literally this had your no like Ohio teacher. Yes. Okay. I was, I was just like, okay. Um, yeah, then let's go for it. Yeah. And my backup plan was going to Ohio state. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I got in and I was just like, okay, so this is what I'm doing. Awesome. And I had started taking theory and started taking voice lessons. So, you know, I knew enough about music and from playing piano and everything, but I hadn't, I didn't have trouble with like, entrance exams or whatever. Um, But then you start getting into the academic part of it with um, classical music. That is the diction totally and just much more difficult repertoire, more repertoire than I was used Mm -hmm. to and things that were harder than what I was used to singing, which was mostly musical theater in my high school or choir songs. Um, And, you know, I started getting into some 20th century rep and things that were harder and um, didn't really get a lot of acting training yeah. When I was in my undergrad at BYU, yeah. there wasn't really a focus on that. It was mostly about technique. Yeah. So I got to my master's and I just didn't have, I mean, yeah. I, I had a natural like sparkliness, I guess, on stage, mm-hmm. but as far as acting yeah. skills, they just sort of yeah. like faded away Yeah, in the midst of not focusing on totally. that kind of thing. Yeah. And my teacher in my master's degree, Bob Bro, I remember him one day being like, you just have to play. Yeah. And that Ugh. just, that flipped a switch for me. I relate to that so much. That flipped a switch for me because I was like, oh, I know how to play. Yeah. I just oh. haven't, I haven't done it You've in a gotten, long time the in this The play got like worked
0: out of you. Well, I, and I, yeah. would,
1: I was in a difficult marriage at that time and mm-hmm. <clears throat> that really can tend to suck at your soul and mm-hmm. you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're putting all of yourself into making yeah. sure things are working and whatever. And And I had, my son was really little. He was like under the age of two. So I just wasn't playing with my music. And as soon yeah. as I... Like that, and I would put on a sticky note, and I'd keep it in all my binders for recitals. I'd keep it in my opera yeah. scores, and that I just remember that all the time. That's such an important lesson. And, and then talk about no that matter no, no matter what character too. it is, or even if it's an oratorio, and there's not like a specific character, and I have to make one up. Um, yeah. If I'm not playing with it, then my yeah. voice just kind of goes. It gets a or it's like just not. It's not as creative as it could be. Totally, I'm singing the notes on the page, but. I'm not creating something. Yeah,
0: this is totally something it. I want to talk about with you. I would like to like go back and just connect like those teen, those last teen years to college. Cause I also think that's a, a big place where we lose creatives. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So when you're in high school, I, am you know, I, I kind of, I was thinking earlier today and also just last week we rescheduled a few times. So I've, been, I've had Melissa on my mind for <laughs> a little while thinking about what I, I, I want to talk if about with you. a good thing you. or a bad thing. <laughs> it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, I guess we can kind of talk about this now. I think sometimes like what am I trying to say? So like in jazz, I think you have to be creative because you have to make something that didn't exist before. Right. Whereas I think sometimes classical music has the potential to not demand creativity from you. It, at a lower level maybe, like I'm I'm not I'm not knocking classical music. Um And so I'm specifically interested when I talk to people from mediums where like the thing exists and it's your job to bring it to life, Mm -hmm. how creativity like evolves and how it sparks for you. So I, I imagine there are a few places it can happen even when you're young. I'm sure when you're older, there's, it expands. But I, I liked how you said that when you first started voice lessons, one of the things that you were taken about with it was like this, the technique. So I'd love for you to maybe just talk about how, like, your voice as an instrument feels creative. And then, like, maybe the music and then the acting, which I realize sure. they're all kind of. But.
1: Well, technique can be very creative, and it yeah. should be. Yeah. It's not just sing this scale or sing the notes on this page. Of course yeah. you have to do that. But you have to make that work with your whole body and mm-hmm. with, your, with your vocal folds. Yeah. And it's like um, you're like a mechanic, You know, you have this toolbox, and which one do I use now? That's exactly the analogy I use. I know, I do too. I got it from one of my teachers. But um, it's not just this you have to develop your own way of thinking about it, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though there are like, here's vocal technique. Mm-hmm. And actually this is one of the things I love about it. And it's like this, no matter what style of music you're totally. singing, that every teacher teaches slightly differently. Yeah, And yes, we can all believe in good breathing, but we yeah. each have like 12 different ways to explain that to students at least. Yeah. And we can say something that seems like it's opposite that maybe means the same thing. Totally. So it's so weird. You have to, you have to expand your mind to be able to understand what your colleagues are saying, what your other teachers are saying. Yes. If you're too literal with it and it's too black and white, then you can't improve almost. Yeah. So it's almost like you find your own language for technique within everything that you're learning. Yeah. So you read things, you listen to things, and somehow everything you absorb just becomes your technique yeah you I know? also
0: think I love how you put that and I also think there's the voices can be abstract because we can't touch it you know it's not a piano we can't look at it yeah. you know we can't show it to each other in quite the same way and so I think there's automatically something that has to be creative in how you conceptualize your voice like mm-hmm. what kinds of shapes do like, what do you feel? You know, like none of that is like really real. Um, and being a, you know, being a teacher and thinking creatively about like, what am I feeling? And then how can I get my student to have their own creative conception about like what these feelings translate to and sound and blah, blah, blah. And I love the idea of thinking about technique creatively.
1: Well, I mean, it, it is though, you know. Mm-hmm. It Should be, <clears throat> but you can't make somebody be creative. You kind of have to give them. I I think you can teach somebody ways to get there, yeah. but they have to spend the time themselves. Yeah. They have to be willing to let their guard down, mm-hmm. to be okay with making mistakes, and to be okay with trying again and again, and being okay with who they are too.
0: Totally. Yeah. Because that's just yeah. If this like analogy doesn't like ring true to you, like we got to find another one. I was just talking about this with an adult student earlier today. He's a fairly new student of mine. And, uh, yeah, like I can't give you like the magic words for this. Like here are some things you can try. Here are some sensations you might feel and what they might mean. Mm -hmm. Um, but you got to just like sit down, be super present, like experiment and then like reflect and think like what's working. What's helping me find the feelings and the sounds that I'm looking for? Yeah, I think you're so right. Yeah. That like permission and just, yeah, creative thinking. I
1: ask a lot of questions when I teach. Yeah. I teach certain things, of course, um, but then I ask the student, how did that feel? Because if I tell you how it's supposed to feel, that's... First of all, that's not right because it's not a right or a wrong thing. Right. It's just what you're feeling. Right. And I need to know what you're feeling. And if you tell me something that's different. Yeah. And if they're like, well, I don't know how to describe it. I'm like, well, just say whatever you want. Or, yeah. you know, I sing it or thing. wait. And if you can't describe it, then you don't have to say it. But think about what. Yeah. What it means to make this sound. Because, of course, you have to sing the notes that are on the page. You have to have the rhythms correct. You have to sing in tune. You yeah. know, Those things have to happen. Um. But you also can't look beyond the mark. You can't think too much about it. Mm-hmm. You can't overthink and you can't think too much about is this right or wrong.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, you talk about singing being different from other instruments. And of course, it's going to be because it lives inside of you, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why it's hard, I think, to get instrumentalists to sing sometimes. Yeah. You know, they're used to having an appendage that they play, Yeah, you know, which, of, of course, be- they become like one with whatever instrument. Sure.
2: <clears throat> they especially
0: have. a wind instrument I think <clears throat> it's like sure. a little personal yeah yeah, but yeah yeah totally
1: um but when you're singing it's about finding your own sound yeah and that's why when people audition for you know the audition for the voice program at UVU we'll always have every year there's at least a couple people who come in and they want to be a voice vocal performance major but their sound is more contemporary yeah and I don't feel like I can just say in the moment well You'll never sing classical. This is your yeah. sound. Yeah. But they they have to kind of discover that themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there are students who it's the opposite. Yeah. Where they want to sing commercial music, but they have this natural classical sound that – and so they have to kind of explore. Yeah. And some people can do both really, yeah. really well. I have, yeah. I have students. I have friends that do that. Um, but you have to figure out what it is that you do well, what you're comfortable with, yeah. what's sustainable for you,
0: sustainable, and yes. what you love
1: too. Because totally. I mean, there That's are just times where somebody comes in singing a pop song and it's super head voicey, and you'll try to work with that student to get them mm-hmm. in a different place. Mm-hmm. And with some people, it just does not, yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. So totally. it's
1: it's a big discovery thing, and I think I think everybody has. A creative voice in them. Yeah. Whether or not you become a professional with it is a yeah. totally different thing. It's totally different. But you different. should feel free to s- sing out, to sing in whatever capacity yeah. you want to. Yeah. Um, I like And to, to just hear. enjoy your voice. Yeah. I you know, think so too. And this is exactly
0: the kind of thing that I'm, that I want, that I hope that like the people I interview will say, because you know, it gives, like, I'm interested in professional creatives, but I, I would love for like people who are adults who are not that creative in their daily lives to hear some of the things that we say and be like, oh, if like this amazingly accomplished opera singer, which carries with it like this connotation of this kind of like right, wrong, perfection, whatever. Which I know that like that's not how you see it. Um, but to have someone hear you say like, everyone has a creative voice. Everyone's instrument can do things. I think it's really valuable. So, you know, even if it seems like a given, like I don't think it's a given. (laughs) No,
1: it's not. I mean, there are people, oh, I'm not a singer. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, you might not be a professional singer, but everybody has a voice.
0: Or when people are like, well, I need to find like the thing my voice is good at. I also feel really like about that. And I just (laughs) think like your voice can do what you want. Like, yeah, I mean, there's gonna be some You know, there are going to be some things where it's like your voice is never going to sound like that person's voice, but like you have a version of that thing. Right. You have a version of that color.
1: And if somebody comes to take voice lessons from me, it's only when somebody wants to pursue it as a career that I have to consider those kinds of things. Like, Yeah. Is this... You've can you got make a money? really commercial yeah. sounding voice. Let's try it. Let's see what we can do with your voice. But yeah. if it's not flexible in that way,
2: yeah,
1: <clears throat> or if you hear things in it as a teacher, yeah.
2: yeah, 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 you know,
1: you can help guide them to a totally a certain direction. But for anybody else, it's like sing whatever the heck yeah. you want, and, and just, even as another type of singer, yeah, sing what you want. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, even if it means you don't get hired to do it. I, you know, if you sing it at your cousin's party or whatever your family's gonna love it and if you love it then you should sing it
0: well and like i think even you know for a professional like you know like we were talking about at the beginning with the um like avant-garde improv um you know it it might inform the way that you do the thing you do just by like stretching your brain and like you know it might not be that you do that but like maybe it kind of feeds back in this cool way.
1: Yeah. And that's one of my very favorite things about singing and about music is that there is no such thing as reaching perfection with it. Totally. Never, never, never.
0: There's the world is too big. There's too many things. I'm like,
1: tell me anybody who claims they've had a perfect performance. I just don't think it's possible. It's not possible. But that's not the point. And your voice, that's one of the wonderful things about being a singer too. It's not like an athlete where you reach a certain age and your body just gives out Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if you're using your voice in a healthy way I mean for crying out loud Bernadette Peters just gave a concert she's so cool last weekend at UVU she's 72 years old my heavens and people that were there said yeah you could tell that it was her voice was broad it was a little whiter than when she was younger yeah but to be able to sing and perform and you know a lot of jazz tromp across the the stage in heels at 72 and like (laughs) It's badass. You know. Go Bernadette. It <laughs> is. So cool. But our voice, your voice. I mean, college students get so frustrated about their voice, and I'm like, you've got like 50 years. You have a baby
2: voice. To totally use your tell voice, my students that and too. so
1: things are going to change all the time, and you're mm-hmm. going to have to adjust. And so you have to have people in your yes. life that you trust. Mm-hmm. But it's this constantly changing process. And, and yes, there are things that are consistent. You know, yeah. you, I have things about my technique. That yes, we talk about being yeah. creative, but they're like yeah. go-to things for me that I do. Sure. You know, to make sure I'm singing correctly.
2: Yeah. Um, but yeah,
0: that's why that creative thinking is so important because your body's gonna change. Yeah. And you like, you know, I've never been pregnant, but like I've heard my friends who are, are singers when they're pregnant, they're like, Well, I gotta figure out how to breathe
2: a little differently, yeah. you
0: know? Having that creative that ability to think creatively and be like what do i do when i have allergies like what <laughs> you know um i i say this a lot yeah. you know because i think it's i think it's telling about how we are as performers but like i i sang at a wedding the night my mom died and um mm. i i didn't know she was going to die during the gig but she was dying that week and like i'd been crying like you know a lot yeah, and sure. like how but having that kind of creativity to think like I mean, that's what it feels like to me. It feels like creativity to me to think like the condition of my voice is like these puffy swelling, you know, whatever. Yeah.
1: You can do what you want with it.
0: And like, what, what, how am I going to adapt around the reality that is like what my body is today? Hmm. Um,
1: That might be a little different for classical singers because I think if my larynx were like shot up from crying, it's definitely different. I might, I could probably, I might be able to sing things in the middle of my voice, but I don't know if I could access my high voice. (laughs) Well,
0: I think there is a specific color that is required of you that is different for like, you know, because I really can just like not sing the high notes. You know, I can, I can can like improvise around them or I could like put it in like a real breathy, like, so, I mean, I certainly have more flexibility when you're singing a piece that people are like, I mean, it it's definitely, it's not the this same. This on
1: the page. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's it's not the same thing. Um, but I mean, but in a broader sense, I'm sure it's the same. We're like, yeah, when you're sure. pregnant, you're,
1: oh, you know. Well, all the time yeah. changing. And I think that's... Y- it sounds cheesy, but you have to be able to keep a positive attitude about it. Yeah. And especially, you know, I tell this to students at UVU all the time. I'm like, there's a reason <clears throat> that you're here in this major. <clears throat> I'm a really bad example of frogs in the throat tonight, but it's like you're, you have a different voice than anybody around you. Yeah. You have a different voice than any professional person. Yeah. And no, you may not. I mean, like nobody, I'm like, how many people in this room are actually going to sing in the Met? Not yeah. very many, you yeah. know? Um. But you can find something that you love to do within this context, but you have to appreciate and love your instrument and work with it,
2: Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm.
1: and appreciate what you can do with it and know that, yeah, you might not be able to sing that aria with the high E's in it, but yeah, there are thousands of other pieces you could sing. Totally. And what are the unique qualities that you and your voice bring to the art? I love that. There's a reason for you to do that. And if you don't believe that, or you don't think, you think there's something more that you could bring the world then go do that instead yeah but also as a musician of course there are many different kinds of things that mm-hmm. we bring along with yeah. just our instrument yeah um
2: yeah
0: I love all of that so much I, I want to so okay so I i yeah I wanted to I wanted to have that conversation with you creative <laughs> technique um and then yeah. I mean, okay. Is there anything else that you want to say about how you started conceptualizing like your skills and your like identity as a singer in high school, like before you were in college? Um,
1: you know, I, I knew that it was something that I did well and that I loved. Yeah. Um, and so as far as my identity went, it was just a happy positive thing that was just a part a part of me I know that's not complex or no
0: actually I love that I I think it's lovely you know again like I talk to so many people and I will start thinking that I see a pattern and there's (laughs) never one which is my favorite thing because it just goes to show like as many people as many types of people as become professional artists are as many types of people as there are. Oh, you know? and
1: that's absolutely true. Yeah. That is something I know for a fact. I know yeah. so many different kinds of singers. I know singers who sing professionally all the time, and that's all that they do. Yeah. Um, And good for them. I know people who did degrees in voice and then haven't sung since then. Fine, whatever. That's what they Mm -hmm. are doing with their life. Mm -hmm. People who are doing music therapy, people who really love music education and want to teach in high school so they're not performing. Mm -hmm. And there's so many different things you can do with your voice. And it's also such a misnomer to say, if you don't do X, Y, and Z before this point in your life, then you can't have a career. It's like, well, You know, what do you define as having a career?
2: Totally. If
1: someone's paying you to sing, even if it's only once a month or three times a year, you're still a paid musician. Yeah. And you're still doing what you love. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had a kind of an unconventional sort of creative path because I was a single mother for 10 years. Yeah. And so, you know, and I had, I had a teacher tell me, well, you can just go travel and you can bring your son and you can perform. And I, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. I just didn't feel like that was the right thing for me to do yeah. at the time. Yeah. So I went back and I got my, I got my master's degree. And then again, I was going to go to the East coast or somewhere for grad school. Yeah. I mean, for my doctoral degree, and I felt like I should stay here. Yeah. And I've had so many opportunities to perform, um, not as many outside the state as I would like to, yeah. but I can't, I mean, the experiences that I've had here, the, the music community in Utah is so rich. And I have, you know, when I average them out, I have at least two or three performances a month, you know, and that's a lot of singing. Yeah. And, um, I could compare it to some, you know, I know people singing at the Met and I could be like, well, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And I'm not saying if they called me, I wouldn't be like, yeah, I'll go give it a try.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: But you have to figure out what you love to do and you have to do it in the capacity that you can do it. Mm -hmm. And I think it, um, there are lots of different paths people's lives could take. Yeah. Uh, you just never know what could happen, but yeah. I think to say, well, you're not a r- real musician or you're not successful unless you do this, this or this.". Yeah. People are like, "Well, I need to go to this many summer programs and go mm. into through this mm-hmm. and do this and do this and do this." And yes, you can do that. Yeah. Some people who do that never, I know, get yeah. into what they actually I think want. It can be to very do.
0: tempting to think that there is a recipe. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh, sure. Um, of and course. that's
0: part of why people get like that.
1: And, and people will some people will say will tell you there is a yeah, recipe. Right. That's yeah. part of the problem. Totally. Amen.
0: <laughs> Hardcore. Amen. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um,
0: yeah. So I'm, I'm loving the idea that like when you were, you know, getting ready to choose your major and choose like what you're going to do for college, you weren't, y- you know, yet or weren't ever feeling like oh, I must like, like all of this kind of like my self-worth is riding on this thing. Um, I think, I think that's cool. So I do think though, when you go to like declare a major and Mm -hmm. you're going to declare vocal performance as a major, there must be some things going on, like as you're making that decision, (laughs) you know, so what were those things like, as you started to kind of choose, um, what you were going to apply for, how, how are you making that decision and what were people kind of reflecting about it?
1: Well, when I started at BYU, there was the option of being music ed, but I took a music ed, like you know, careers in music or something career, and I was like, I do not want to no. teach in yeah. the schools.
0: <laughs> well, so when you, maybe when when you, but you auditioned before you went to BYU, Is yeah, that right. Mm-hmm. So I just mean even that, like even just yeah. like sending in your tape, like what, like. Yes. My what, VHS tape,
1: what by the kind way. of <laughs> Awesome. What kind of like thought process were you
0: having when you were going like maybe vocal performance is a thing?
1: Well, I, I I knew what it meant. I knew it meant that I would be in music theory and music history and that I, you know, I'd be in choir and be in opera. Yeah. So I knew what I was getting into okay. for sure. And I knew the work that it took to get yeah. that kind of music ready. Um, and I knew I loved it.
0: Yeah. So were you thinking like, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do this other thing. Or were you kind of like, had you decided no I'm doing music
1: no I I knew that I wanted to do music as a major
0: so when you were kind of like starting to maybe tell people or like send in these applications do you remember having to have any conversations with people where you had to like explain why or defend it or do you remember like having any I mean I'm totally projecting but I'm curious about it
1: no I never did
0: People I mean, because just I were grew like, up singing
1: great. and because I was always like the lead in musicals of my high school and it just seemed like a and choir and whatever, it seemed like a no-brainer. Yeah. I also came, I mean, I came from a high school that was really high level. I mean, people went yeah. to like high name, like really academically brilliant like schools colleges, like yeah. you know, um, major colleges on the East coast yeah. and people are like chemists and right. surgeons and whatever else from my high school and, and authors and scientists and like yeah. faculty at MIT, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but they also were people that the arts were important to. Oh, yeah. There were quite a few people that graduated that went to get music degrees other places too Amazing on instruments. I think I was so, the only one in voice that year, but there, I mean, there's a guy that graduated with me who is a professional trombonist. Awesome. So I never heard any backlash against, well, you'd never make any money doing that. But I remember when yeah. I specifically chose vocal performance, my dad being like, well, if you don't do music ed, he's like, if you do music ed, you graduate and you have a job. Yeah. So that the, the practical side of it him was wanted to know what I was going to yeah. do when I graduated. And I didn't know. Yeah,
0: I know. It's <laughs> so hard. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. Um, but, but it wasn't something that you like, were worrying about no, back then. I don't okay. think I
1: worried about it. Cool.
0: Yeah, I just like to, I just like to get like, just know, like touch in like, yeah. What was the state of that then? I, I just think, think it's important.
1: I think I was lucky. I, I I guess I guess I was just lucky. I don't in know that, in that regard because I had mentors. Yeah, but it was just like a no brainer to people that I yeah. would do music in in college, yeah. and that was part of the reason that helped me kind of go along with it.
0: Yeah, it probably really helped you. I mean, my guess is it helped you be successful because you weren't developing all of these like weird, like emotional coping weird things (laughs) you know like when you have fear connected to singing as a teenager you are in for some hard times well
1: and also i just was taught a very strong worth work ethic yeah so it was like you work and you make money and there was never this like you have to get this kind of job so you can make this much money yeah it was just like you work hard you work hard you make yeah you work hard you work smart you'll be able to pay your bills yeah um that's the kind of people than my parents are. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I um what I got. I, you know, I and I don't remember there being tons of pressure around me. I'm sure it was there. Yeah. But now I recognize that there are all these people pushing their kids into certain careers. Yeah. And like yes. it's so it stressful for kids frustrated. in high school. You have to get a 4-0, you have to do this, yeah. you have to do this, you have to do that. For me, I always just genuinely loved learning. Yeah. I always way. loved I loved it, but I had to work at it. Yeah. I think I had like a three seven in high school, and at BYU I think it was like a three three or something. Yeah. You know, I didn't have a huge high GPA, yeah. and things did not come super easy to me naturally. Some yeah. things did, but I had to work hard. Like yeah. in theory, you know, I yeah. joke with my husband now; he teaches theory. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I got a B minus in that yeah. class. You I know love, what I mean?
0: Yeah, I'm like, I'm the opposite. <laughs> I like, I loved theory. I think honestly, I think it's one reason why I chose jazz because I had this idea that it was going to be more theory. Um, and less, like, um, aesthetic.
1: Oh, interesting. And I
0: felt, like, safer in that. Well,
1: it wasn't that I didn't like theory. It was just that I had to work really hard to get the grades that I did. Totally. And um, uh, whereas some things with singing came so quickly and so naturally to me. And I think that's where you get into the difference between, like, um, talent and ability, you know? I certainly think that we come into this world with some things we're just naturally good at.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, but I think it's certainly possible to learn other things and to be really good at them. I think it's really crucial too. Yes. It's crucial. Yeah. But I think, I mean, so definitely I'm a better musician because i worked hard yeah. and all those other things you
2: made yourself but also it.
1: within the area of voice i never took for granted that certain things were easy for me and i've always worked really hard and really specifically to yeah. make sure that i got things exactly right yeah. go over and over again i've always been a practicer yeah at byu i remember um after dinner walking back up the hill to yeah. school and practicing at night yeah and i, I want i loved it i wanted to yeah. get it i wanted to get it right but it wasn't like a must do this or mm-hmm. else it was like, mm-hmm. this is the you're end goal excited about it. and I love doing yeah. it. So I'm going to do it. So um,
2: let's talk about, sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. Let's talk
0: about, um, I'd love to know you, you mentioned before that you lost some sparkliness during that time. And I, <clears throat> I do think it's important to like have people talk about the stuff they like went, made it through, sure. <laughs> you know, oh, how sure. you kind of start, like if you're going to create resilience, there has to be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, well, what what happened in like your creativity and your musicianship that kind of.
1: Something I didn't have then was good boundaries. Mm-hmm. I also didn't know how important it was to make sure that you retain a sense of self and doing your own thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I sort of had some voices in my life telling me that anything I pursued for myself was selfish. Yeah, Even though these were people who also admired what I had done. It was sure. you spending time on this. Well, that's not your first priority. Your family's yeah. your first priority. And also I was in a relationship with somebody that I felt like I had to help all the time. Yeah. Like I was keeping us above water. Yeah. Um, and I, I luckily I, it wasn't long enough that it, there was, it was like, a, yeah. I could get, I, you know, I was able to get out of it and, and flourish. Not that there's not things I still sure. deal with, Yeah. but when you, take all of your creative energy and you're not nurturing it yeah I I mean I still took voice lessons not as often how
0: old were you during like this time
1: like between 23 and 20 well 22 and 26 okay ish 27 and during that time I had my son too yeah um and I was teaching voice in my house and um, you had finished your bachelor's. Yeah, I'd finished okay. my bachelor's. Yeah, and I was teaching voice. I was doing some performing, but I wasn't really pursuing it okay. because I just felt like, okay, now it's my job to do this. Were you <clears>
0: married <throat> when you finished your bachelor's? Um, yes. What um, it happened like at the
1: same time? Can you tell me, like,
0: what just so I have like a reference? What was your like? Can you give me like a, a state of creative, emotional, uh, you know, in in terms of artistry affairs when you graduate?
1: Well, because I had gotten married, yeah. I was now thinking, Well, I will have kids. Right. And I will teach voice lessons and I will sing, but I didn't have a goal or a plan. It was just I am now part of a family unit. Yeah. And I think it's crucial that people keep individuality and goals. Totally. Not that I became a different person or lost all my personal whatever. No, but, but that's my yeah. the having goals for myself was sort of subjugated to yeah okay, I have to do this and this and this to make sure my spouse succeeds. Yeah. Um, And then when you're a mother, of course, too, you put your child first, but it wasn't the same kind of pressure. Sure. Because that wasn't, my relationship with my baby was not unhealthy. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: So (laughs) when you, when you finished your bachelor's degree, you felt like musically, like empowered, capable. Sure. You felt, you felt sparkly.
1: Yes, I did. I I felt like I I loved teaching, I loved singing, but I didn't have like a place I wanted to go.
0: Sure. So maybe your like musical identity was a little disenfranchised. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I mean, cool. That's yeah. a, you
1: could you could say it that way. <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't have any, I was like, okay, I'm married, so I guess I won't do a master's yeah, degree. Sure, But it was just, again, I've never been the kind of person that's like, plan what you're going to do in 10 years. Yeah. It's just kind of what's going on now and kind of like, okay, what's my next step from here? And if I do have a bigger goal, then it's smaller steps to yeah, that. Yeah. But in my mind, it was just have a family yeah. and have more kids and continue teaching voice. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't gotten to that point yet yeah. of thinking that
0: was there. An, is there anything else you want to say about like, you know, any sort of like light bulbs or big like development moments you had in that undergrad that are like crucial to, you know, tracing back.
1: You know, something that was really important for me as a musician was my time in BYU Singers. Okay. And um, for
0: little listeners who don't know, that's like the chamber group.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. this that's the smaller chamber choir at BYU. Chamber choir, yeah. And there are some soloists and teachers who think that being in choir is not the best thing for soloists. And I suppose that can be true in some just situations. Depends on who you are. It depends, but I think for the large portion of people, it's incredibly valuable. Yeah. I learned so many musicianship skills yeah. in that group and was able to learn. I was put in the the first alto section. I'd yeah. always sung first soprano, yeah. you know? And it was so fun for me to sing yeah. that part, but just to learn that really you know, that really um, specific and getting as close to perfection as you can yeah. with the actual music. You
2: know, and then I so took I that ahead. into
1: the studio with me and that helped how I practiced. Yeah. It was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this until mm-hmm. I get it right. Mm-hmm. But then I allowed myself the creativity to just perform it mm-hmm. and to not like be so caught up in the technique. Yeah. But also because I practiced so much and I didn't like whip myself about, sure. about the yeah. practice. You, you
0: maintained like a wholeheartedness. Yeah I yeah. did
1: but I gained so many skills doing that. Um, I think that's awesome. And I, yeah I loved it. I the, attribute that to the, my musicianship.
0: The, you know I've, I haven't been in a chamber traditional choir since high school but a vocal jazz ensemble is a sure. chamber group in terms sure. of size. Oh yeah. And in terms of like blending. And, yes. And I I long for that like I mean that intimacy of like the people who you sing in the section with and across the group, like just knowing someone else's voice so well. Yes, it's almost like a, you know, like I I call I would t- call it in my group unibrain, like <laughs> you know, and that yeah. I think is such a. For me, there's nothing more moving about being a creative than like that kind of like little like our intentions are so one right yes, now in
1: that connection uh-huh and learning how to do that taught me how to do that as a performer taught yeah. me how to reach out to an audience and totally. to give to give a lot so that I can connect with a multiple totally different kinds of people well, and even
0: just like you know if you're a soul if you're a vocalist performing with a pianist having had that experience in like a chamber ensemble where like you must like be totally aligned in your minds I think it can. It gives you like a crucial skill that is so hard to learn in any other, you know, in a pair. Yeah, it's true. But if you're in a pair and you both have done that, then like you can do it. Yeah,
1: learning how to learning how to work with groups. So that that was something that was definitive for me because it just kind of helped me along the way. My teachers were also really helpful for me and just you know, helping me know what my strengths were, but also how to work on what,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what they, they were positive with me, yeah. but realistic. It too. Sounds like
0: you left your, you left your bachelor's degree, like very healthy.
1: Yeah. And yeah, then, I did.
0: And then you kind of like your, um, self got like a little diffused. Yes. Yeah. So then, um, can you just talk about how like you regrouped? Like,
1: so for me, the regrouping was on a spiritual level even through all my difficult issues with my marriage, I always felt close to God and felt like he was protecting me and guiding me. Yeah. Um, And I just made sure that my – that I didn't lose sight of that relationship. Mm -hmm. It was very important to me. And I knew that I could trust – I knew I could trust the Heavenly Father. And so – and, you know, whoever's behavior around me was doing weird things. Erratic, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and people even that I thought I could trust that I suddenly couldn't. Mm. Um, that was sort of a mainstay for me and also just sort of knowing who I was and that, yeah, you know, I knew what, what being deceived was like. And yeah. Like, you know, you're not going to pull the wool over my eyes yeah. kind of a thing. But it was through keeping like a spiritual channel open that I felt really strongly that I should go and do a master's.
2: Okay, great.
1: And that I knew that was not like, that was from like the clearest part of me, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because it was the kind of thing I remember people, a couple of people like, well, I mean, you could, you've only have, you have one child, shouldn't you have more? Yeah. I mean, like hearing yeah. things like that and going. That's so hard. I don't, it is hard, but I, that's the thing I'm saying is that I knew yeah. Because I'd kept this yeah. relationship with God, I felt like that's what kept me healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't mean like I had to push aside like cultural or religious things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I kept, you know, you sort had of a compass basic there. spiritual things sure. were um, were and always have been, but and continue to be very important to me. But so that when I felt peaceful um, and at my most spiritual Then I knew, you know, I feel like God could guide me. Yeah. Um, And it was always sort of combined with what I knew was right for myself, too, if that makes sense. Totally. Sort of like conscience involved with that, too. Well,
2: I think. But I had been
1: just kind of, you know, I knew I kind of got out of some of the cloudiness of what was going on in my marriage relationship And just kind of was like, okay, what's – like I can't tell what's right from wrong when I'm hung in this and pretending like I have to save other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I got a little bit of clarity, then it was like you need to go back and get your master's. And that was what I really, really wanted to do. And I knew that that was the right thing for me to do but also what I really wanted to do and that that's what I could give to the world. I think it's so
0: important. Like, you know, I I know I've mentioned it a couple times but I I really am – like, I don't know if it's just having to do with, like, just what's going on in, like, my life, but, like, as I'm doing this podcast, um, I I find myself thinking so frequently about, like, how we can take these kind of, like, creative, emotionally in tune, like, things that we all do on a daily basis and, like, just share little bits. And I feel like that, what you're talking about of, like, maintaining this, like, internal compass and knowing when, like, advice is wrong for you, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like, like, trying to like train that voice, that like, mm-hmm. you know, totally unique voice, to be trustworthy and to be like loud enough, you know. Yeah, to um, tr-
1: be able to trust yourself.
0: Yeah, because like I, you know, and my, trust the right people. My marriage has always been good, um, but when I was first married it didn't, I didn't even, I didn't need for my marriage to be bad for those kinds of things to be a problem for me. Cause it was so like, I had so many people giving me advice that just had nothing to do with my reality. Yeah. Um, and I tried so hard to like make other people's versions of what they thought my life should be right. Mm -hmm. And it just like didn't work. And you know, my internal voice was like quiet for plenty of good reasons. Um, but, you know, I really also learned in kind of like my mid-late-ish 20s, like, I got to stop like making decisions based on like yeah. these other things. And like, I also feel like at those same kind of years in my life, I lost a lot of sparkliness and had to like relearn it. Yeah. Um,
1: but and I, and maybe you think it's that's just a normal? thing that happens. Yes. Yeah. Because and then I think, I mean, that that happens, I think, in your 20s, you know, you're trying to find yourself, quote unquote, yeah. but that's just life, you know, totally. But then as you get older, I mean, I'm almost a decade older than you, then it's like you get older and your body changes and your mind changes yeah. and you have to regroup again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really, you just have to learn how to follow your instinct yeah. and, and to
0: create that and, resiliency and
1: to feel like, OK, I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Sure. Or there are a few things I could do. Let me try this one if it doesn't work I'll move here next. Yeah. But it has to be something that feels good mm-hmm. in your, mm-hmm. in your soul, in your gut, but yeah. also it's, it's, what can I contribute to the world? Yeah. You know, I mean, I have to do something. Yeah. So it has to be something that for me feels like this is where, this is where I can give yeah. the most. You totally. Know? So for me, that's where that went and everything there just kind of took off and, and flourished.
0: Yeah. Starting your master's. So do do you feel like, um, the main, like maybe the biggest lesson in your master's was like learning how to act. Playing. Yeah.
1: Re, finding how to play yeah, and Le- connecting that playing to my music. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I had separated them. Yeah. Somewhat. Do you
0: want to like, I mean, what do you, do you have like a, like things that you tell your students about that? Like, do you want to just platform about this concept for a minute?
1: Well, you know, it's not necessarily an easy thing. Yeah. But it can be if you're just willing to let go yeah. because you have to get rid of inhibitions. Yeah. And that's something that I picked up as a 20-something-year-old. Inhibitions. I don't yeah. feel like I was <clears> – <throat> I just was who I was. And I didn't – it was like I was in high school. I was like that in college too. And I remember occasionally, you know, not being – in college it's not as much being made fun of but it's you're not included in this you're not included in this group or you're you know you find out more things about yourself from other people Mm -hmm. and it was well we don't want to hang out with you because of this yeah and it was just kind of like you start
0: developing like some self-consciousness well
1: yeah and being aware of what you obviously you become more aware of what is going on around you when you get into your twenties. That's just how the brain yeah. develops, you do know. You, I can, I can testify of that because I have three teenagers at home, and it's like I don't think you really get what's yeah. happening around you.
0: <laughs> do you feel like? Can you tell me some stuff that you started feeling insecure about? Like, do you have any specific things?
1: Just, I just that member. I I mentioned that thing about me being. loud
0: yeah oh yeah
1: and sometimes not saying the right thing at the right time Mm -hmm. you know yeah like i would not describe myself as socially awkward but i was definitely not like conscious of everything that i didn't said and i don't mean necessarily in a rude way but as people around me like i was never unkind or whatever totally conforming yeah or that didn't didn't jive with other people who were trying to conform to if you know what I mean yes of course I do I mean mean, yeah so the friends that I still have from that time period were people who loved me for who I was yeah and even if they were quite different than I was it was they accepted me for who I was and they weren't like well that's not cool so I can't be around that and I don't I mean I don't know that even some people know that they're doing that on purpose
0: I'm sure they're not I think it's especially at that age
1: yeah (laughs) I think it's kind of a um because my son is like that too. Yeah, he's just very much himself. He has yeah. all kinds of different friends. Yeah, um, and I I can relate to that. Yeah, that I wanted to be around people that were genuine and who yeah. were themselves. And if they were too loud or they did this weird thing or whatever, like as long as you know they weren't being mean to me.
0: Yeah, I'm the same <laughs> um, way. Yeah, and I remember also feeling like. Things about me that I kind of liked about me would get like a little pushed on or like rejected, and that's a different kind of ouch. Yeah, you know, like if if someone is hard on you about something that you're also a little bit like, ooh, I know I do that, and I don't love that I do that. Right. But if someone is like rough with you about something that you're like, but I like it. (laughs) Like that is that's hard. And I do think like, I mean, I didn't go to BYU, but the experience that I had teaching there was definitely like, I think there's a lot of same. And when there's a lot of people that are the same, even small, like deviations can feel huge, which I think, I I think it would have, it was hard on me to teach there. I can't imagine what it would have done to me.
1: (laughs) You know, I actually had a really good experience, but I was around a lot of different kinds of people in the music department. Yeah. There were all kinds of different people. And so sorry. My How experience dare you is have that allergies. People, <laughs> My experience is that people just liked each other for who they were. And of course Good. you were some people you were closer friends with so and so or whatever. But yeah. my experience was that we got along really well, we had a great time and that there were different kinds of people. Yeah. But I think you're right that other people Wanted to conform, and if I didn't fit into a certain thing, yeah, then I didn't fit into that group or whatever. And I never—that's it—just didn't stick to you. I remember feeling slightly depressed about it, but I just always had friends I could go to. So if okay, if you don't want to be with me, then I will.
0: Yeah. Did you deal with like competitive stuff? Like, I mean, I have this idea that you were in the uh, in the top of your class. (laughs) I mean, the fact that you got in as a freshman, I think, is pretty telling. Yeah. Um. I have to imagine that people were like jealous of you and maybe wanted you to be a person they didn't want to like.
1: I have had that in my life. Yeah. I've had people tell me that when they first met me, they thought I was a snob.
0: Yeah. Which, oh, always, so was, which
1: always was so foreign to me.
0: Yeah. because like, that's like, not at I all can... what's happening. Yeah. I think sometimes <laughs> when people are comfortable in their skin, mm. it can come off that way. But you know, I've been accused, I also have like chronically been accused of being a snob in my life and I'm the opposite I was so insecure you know I was so unsure of myself and I don't know I just I think maybe just sometimes if you're I I just think like all all manners of things can read as snob sure no
1: I agree um yeah and I I mean you're right that I was at the top of my class yeah um but I also had close friends who were all sort of at the top with me so, and also I still was not aware of what that meant or what it yeah you know what I mean because I remember my I remember my teacher um, and I think it was a good oblivion um,
0: totally it's a blessing I think
1: I, I remember I remember my teacher telling me after my sophomore barrier she said well you got the highest score of yeah. anybody and me being like like excited about mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. but that didn't make me suddenly feel like well that well, means no, that I'm gonna i am... have a target on my
0: back or right. something yeah
1: <clears throat> because that was something <clears throat> that was something I was taught early and recognized early too was that there was beauty and value in all voices yeah and there were things other people could do better than me and I knew that yeah um but I also just appreciated it and I never thought of it as a competition yeah I still don't because so there's a place beautiful. for everybody yeah I mean my closest friends in my life are singers yeah and sometimes we're competing for the same thing. Yeah. And sometimes they get it, and sometimes yeah. I get it. But there are so many, there's so much music to go around and so many mm-hmm. gigs. Like occasionally I'll be like, oh, I wanted that, and so and so got it. Yeah. But then something else will come along totally. for me.
0: That's my I thing. I remember being in college when the first time that I was really around a lot of people who were like very excellent. Um, and I remember being in like the vocal jazz ensemble and you know, someone would really want this certain solo or whatever. And I, I remember just like loving the experience of like, you know, when the director would give someone else a solo, everyone would go like, oh, yeah, you know, like, oh, well, hearing her sing it, I'm like, yeah. yes. And like, I think that's such a gorgeous experience to yeah. be like, my voice would sound great singing this, but I totally get why she's doing it because yeah. like I can see like there's this thing happening that's just like yeah oh yeah like I wouldn't have done that
1: and and different but on the same yeah and level it's not a threatening thing it's just like goodness. this
0: like to be to have that feeling of being like so in awe of your peers voices yeah it's just a really good experience and
1: I'm not saying that I've never had moments of jealousy that would be a lie sure. you know but, because I always grew up sort of knowing who I was and feeling comfortable in my skin, yeah. like you said, yeah, and not like not I wouldn't even say necessarily confident, maybe a little bit just unaware that I was supposed to like supposed yeah. to be acting like someone, yeah. but just happy to be yeah me, you know that always that's always carried with me, yeah, and actually, if anything um you know, I have to fight it off more and more as I get older, because then you feel like more things are heaped upon you. And oh, now that I'm in this position, I have to make sure that I dot my I's and cross my T's here, which is true in a way. There's certain things that being professional means Mm -hmm. and certain lines you can't cross. But I think me not worrying about Jealousy or things like that, yeah. or having that be a main part of my psyche, yeah. yeah, that had to do with the people that were around me, but also just that I was like, oh, okay, well, you got this, yeah. And then I would also ask myself why, and it's like, right, it was never that that person couldn't do it, right? They could do it, right. so okay, they got to do that, and then I got to do something right. else, totally, yeah. So I, I don't know. I've never. I like I, you it. Know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a competitive person. Yeah, I'm I not never, either. I have never been competitive. I am the same I've i always been like, do my best. Yeah. And winning feels great, but if you don't win, it's okay. Well then, okay. I've so I have a question for you as, as a
0: fellow non-competitive and you know, my mother was so competitive with me mm-hmm. that I think it has messed me up in this way. Like I think probably if I had a mom that wasn't competitive with me, I'd be like you, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, But when I, so, I mean, we're in this competitive business when I feel like someone has set me as like their competition, nothing makes me more uncomfortable than that. Um, I will like back into a corner and be like, you can have it. Like, cause I'm so like competition averse. Um, Did you ever feel like you were that, like, did that just kind of wash off you?
1: Yeah, I never felt that you way. You just weren't aware. I just of always it. go and I always went into things trying to do my best and yeah. to do what I'd prepared to do. That's awesome, you know, and to kind of have fun. Yeah, to kind of have fun doing it. And I've had friends in my life, sopranos, or like acquaintances, yeah. where I can tell they're trying to like sort they're of they're measuring their thing, yeah, ab- against and trying your to thing. kind of push, um, like you know, competitiveness or something. And I just. <laughs> I just don't care You're I'm just, sure it's yeah quite a disappointment yeah you know oh, I'm sure it's infuriating to people <laughs> I'm sure it makes people so mad but I yeah. just genuinely don't care I'm like oh that's great that's, then go ahead and do that or like okay so what are you auditioning teacher. for what are you doing with this and this yeah. and this and this and this and I'm like well right now I'm focusing on this instead like yeah. you know I did my master's and my doctorate as a single mother yeah so it's not like I was flying everywhere sure trying yeah. to get auditions for things <clears throat> Which is something that I hope to sort of catch up on yeah, in, in the years. That's but, amazing. <clears throat> but, um, you know, and I, there were things I wanted to do. Yeah. And as I got opportunities, of course, that was fulfilling. Yeah. And I wanted to, to do more. Yeah. But I never felt like I had to push somebody out of the way.
0: Sure. I mean, yeah, I, that's, that. I
1: I mean, I, it, we, none of us should have to feel like that, you no. know? And really, if you think about it, I mean, there are enough gigs for everybody.
0: Yeah. Well, and like you said before, you know, each of our voices is something specific, you right. know, like each, and I don't just even mean our, like our instrument, but like our figurative voices. Oh, sure. Um,
1: And just our individual sound. Totally. You know, I mean, it's just, it amazes me i mean it's like snowflakes i know i feel the same way i get so like
0: i'll get like in love with people's voices like maybe i'm like a creep about this but like i'll be like in the grocery store and i'll hear like someone talking in an aisle (laughs) by me and i'll just like be like your voice is so pretty like i just get like interested in voices like
1: they're incredible yeah i I get very like
0: taken with people's voices like yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I t- fully feel the same way. Um. I just maybe have one other question. That's maybe a weird question. But mm. did you feel like all these things you're saying to me? I'm so just like in love with them. <laughs> um. And I feel very like impressed, you know, because I think like there are so many things that those of us that are singers can get so like insecure or like catty about I'm sure it's every instrument but I feel like being like a soprano is an especially
1: yeah it's known something it's thing. known to be that way yeah people assume that it's like that
0: yeah and I think like you know unfortunately we take lessons from sopranos who sometimes are those people you know yeah. like so um I, I'm wondering if you ever felt aware in like your master's degree or your bachelor's degree, or, you know, that you were like more healthy than like like did you ever feel like why are you worried about that or like or did it just was it totally just it wasn't on your radar?
1: I'll say the thing that I would notice is if people were being caustic about other people, Mm. I would notice how that would bring a group dynamic down. Yeah. Like an opera cast. Yeah. 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 Like any talk of if so-and-so didn't deserve the role they had. Yeah. I Somebody told me that once secondhand. They're like, oh, well you don't, so-and-so said that you don't deserve this role. Oh my gosh. And I, I remember thinking, well, I'm singing it. So (laughs) like, tough. (laughs) Deserve it or not. Like, why don't I deserve it? Yeah. I mean, she may have deserved it as well. It's not just deserve. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, But I will say this, and I I just talked to my students about this last week or to our whole voice department at UVU, that that you can't be yapping out those neck, like if you mm-hmm. have, of course we all have negative things mm-hmm. that we think mm-hmm. and you have to have somebody you can go talk to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you have to have a close friend or a family member or somebody that you can yeah, confide it in out. and just get everything out, mm-hmm. you know, and then, then you process it and mm-hmm. go, okay, why do I feel this way? Why do I think so? And so it's <laughs>
0: always that like you're insecure about something sure. or they're like tapping or on something. Of course, if
1: somebody did something to offend you, you have to work through that. Yes. That's fine. Yeah. But, um,
0: I think that is really important.
1: You that's the thing that I'm the most aware of. And I don't it's not that I think I'm more emotionally healthy than you. It just makes me feel like I don't want to be around you. Sure. And we've got this show to put on.
2: Yeah, just feels or we're in the same
1: studio or, you know, we we're friends. So you saying this or you being negative about this, like, to the whole cast or being rude in a rehearsal or having, putting that negative Mm -hmm. energy out there. That's just anti everything that we do. It's totally unproductive. We all have those moments. We're all going to have a rehearsal where we're a little bit of grumpy. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who regularly will put bad gossip out there or negative commentary Mm -hmm. about colleagues or something like that. And, um, I, I've been really lucky to work with people people. Yeah, who put positive energy out there. I really feel like that's the most, and that's one of the things I love about the arts community in Utah. We have amazing musicians here. Yeah. And people are so giving, and they're so nice.
0: I'm glad that's your experience.
1: (laughs) Well, I honestly, I do
0: think there are some different things going on in like different genres.
1: I think you maybe, and my experience yeah. is within the classical genre. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I Everything obviously, I've
0: heard from classical people I know is in line with what you're positive. saying.
1: Yeah, I'm glad to hear that because, like I said, yeah. some of my closest friends are also. Yeah, singing and are also sopranos. Yeah, you know, and I hear them, and I'm like, oh my gosh, they sound so good. And sometimes I'm like, okay, I gotta go practice, or I wish I could do that better.
0: Yeah, like even (laughs) if someone does something, you're like, whoa, that puts my skill set in a new
1: perspective. It should be motivating, but also, if I have that kind of energy in myself, I cannot be my best. Yeah, and that might sound cliche. It's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. If I can't have that sort of it's okay to be not perfect it's okay if they got the role over me it's mm-hmm. okay if mm-hmm. i sang a wrong note and mm-hmm. it was embarrassing it's okay if this happened if i can't let that sort of fall off my back and move forward and sort of go forward like okay well what's yeah. going to happen next let's try it again you know yeah then i can't you know your larynx can't produce mm-hmm. sound if it's tight and it's mm-hmm bound and up you by it. can't anything. breathe. Yeah. Yes, you can't breathe and you can't you can't you know, produce. That's the sound. first thing
0: that happens to me, my <laughs> rib cage like closes in. Cause
1: yes. I go into
0: like a, you know, a fetal like as happens. much as my standing
1: that body happens lets me. When you're emotional. Yeah. So I mean I that I've been really lucky to feel that positive energy from colleagues. Yeah. And just to know that they support me. And I can listen to a rec- recording and go, oh my gosh, that was wrong. That was yeah. wrong. And then somebody can say, oh that was so good and yeah. it really touched me. And I'm like okay. Yeah. I don't get it fully. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah. But I just know that I love what I do and I love people being happy about what I do.
0: I really believe in like that, um, you know, kind of intangible, like if you are in the space, like honestly and sincerely that you are like (laughs) as a performer, if you are kind of, maybe this is the wrong word, but sort of like service minded, like if you're on a stage and you're thinking like, this is for us to experience, like, yes, um,
1: that's what creativity it is.
0: is going to translate. That's
1: what art is too. Yeah. And people, you know, we can all, we're both weird artists, I guess you could say. People always talk about, that. oh, well, they're artsy. Yeah. They're weird. You yeah. Know what I mean, but yeah. it's like, I, I think most people genuinely just want to give what they have and they want yeah. to, they want to receive what other people mm-hmm. have as well.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but that, I mean, any artist creation. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so you have to be free. You have to be open.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and this perfection mindset, this it's following so, it's very like every selfish. rule by the book mindset that our society yeah. has, it's like. You got to be able to think for yourself and you have to be able to follow your gut. Yeah. Learn everything you can and then follow your gut and make your own path. No voice teacher teaches the same. No Mm -hmm. singer sings Mm -hmm. the same. And thank heaven for that. Totally. Yeah. I I, don't want a carbon copy of myself out there. Let me just tell you. Totally.
0: (laughs) I had a a teacher once say like, there's nothing more selfish than like getting stage fright. And like she was, you know, a little flip about it, but like. Yeah. I mean, if you are terrified in that kind of way, we are like, what if I, what if I, what if, you know, it's yeah. so self-centered. And if you can manage to just like focus on, I mean, you know, we, we all, we know that we'd rather watch a confident performer who's not perfect sure. than like some kind of perfect that looks terrified or something. Robotic or
1: something like yeah. that. Yeah. And you know,
0: like kind of surrendering to like, you know like i was saying before like whatever condition you're in today and just being like i'm going to give like i'm going to give what i can to this audience and like yes. try to like be open to what they what they can give me and um, that it really is like a creative space um it's cool yeah no matter who I like no, no,
1: no matter who you are no matter what your instrument is and no matter what level yeah you're totally
0: at. i mean i i have the privilege of teaching some like pretty young kids and like I can get goosebumpy like so easily, you know, with their mm-hmm. little, their little voices like trying something yeah. new, or like you know I do songwriting with my students, and sometimes they'll my like little little kids will come up with like a lyric, like a turn of phrase that I'm just like, oh, oh so yes, yeah, I yeah. love it, and it will give me the exact same feeling as listening to like my favorite, most accomplished, mm-hmm. most like expertise, you know performances that i listen to um so you're totally right it's any level it's that human thing that just makes you go like
1: (gasps) well it's watching people be creative yeah it's watching people be vulnerable yeah and when they take the risks and they get those good moments then it's like yes seeing
0: how like special someone is like when you watch someone do something that you just know like i never would have come up with that or like that's so you like that thing that you did, which is also like why acting is so cool. Like filtering a great character through like a person. There's just, it can just make you go like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's incredible.
0: Um, okay. What do you want to tell us about like your career and like how it works, like how you make money, how, like what it means to be like in
2: your career.
1: So, um, I'm a, college professor i'm the head of the voice department at at uvu and so that is the main way that i make money
2: yeah
1: and that's why i went to get a master's and a doctorate because i knew i didn't want to be a traveling musician which is what you have to do if you want to be a full-time musician and only make money that way i'm kind of a homebody same i love traveling but i always am a little bit like Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. it's just not Mm -hmm. where i'm the most comfortable same but I still have to work through that. And like yeah. I said, I love it. I still do it. I, you know, yeah. but I knew I didn't want to travel all the time. And so that's why I got my doctorate because yeah. I knew I wanted to teach at the collegiate level. And I love that. And I still perform a lot. Yeah. Um, just over the next three months, I have like five different different shows gigs which for classical is kind of
0: it's a different thing you're
1: rehearsing because you know gigs for other types of musicians you might have them every night or whatever but these are like things I've been invited to sing right with orchestras or whatever yeah and so it's really hard to keep that balance yeah um because I talk a lot all day
2: yeah (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. so you know making my syllabuses for this semester there were a couple days where I said we're not having class today because I have a big Thing tonight, and I cannot talk this long. Yeah, or I have to cancel half of my day. Yeah, um, so I do make a I do make other money performing throughout the year. Yeah, um, and I love love that part of it. I couldn't do so. Those that those are the ways that I make money. I'm not really entrepreneurial or have any. That's cool side gigs besides that. Um, What's your
2: sorry? Go ahead. No. What's your like
0: favorite um like creative thing that you do now? It could be like a small thing, but like what's what's like or it can be like abstract, but like what's what's something that like you love that like scratches your creative itch?
1: Well, as a professor, you naturally have less time to practice. Yeah, especially I have a lot of administrative duties in my job, Mm -hmm. and that's the case with a lot of professors around the country. Mm -hmm. So for me, practicing means even more than it meant to me before, Mm -hmm. because I really can feel like a weight lifted off of me. And whether or not it was like the best practice session or how far I got, yeah. you know, even if I only get like 20 minutes, yeah. it feels like therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas in grad school, you're kind of singing all the time yeah. and you're singing and you're studying and it's a different, and so that's just the life that you're in. Yeah. And so when you talk about like scratching that creative itch, yeah. for me, I love teaching and I definitely get a different yeah. kind of Creative Teachings satisfaction should be so creative. It is, and, and and I absolutely love that. I I would not want to give up teaching. Yeah, I um I I wish that I could perform more, um, and I hope to in the in the coming years. Great. But there's also like I could not leave yeah. teaching it's behind. Really important. But to now me that too, I'm married that. again, my son's older, I have the freedom yeah. to leave and yeah. travel more. Great, and I That's still very have exciting. a good, you yeah. know. I still have another three decades before I'm Bernadette Peter's yeah. age. So it's amazing. It's um, so cool to think about so that. So it really is like therapy therapy for me to practice yeah, and just I to learn new pieces and to just let myself forget about mm-hmm. all the real world world issues with, um, you know, kids and stepkids and ex spouses and, you know, just anything mm-hmm. that's stressful and yeah, administrative, administrative stuff, stuff at work. That's, yeah. that's stressful. Yeah. Um, it's teaching lessons and just watching students succeed, yeah. and then just being able to practice and being able to perform. Yeah. I don't get stage fright. I just love getting up and performing. Yeah.
2: Amazing. I get
1: up there and I just forget. I mean, I breathe, of course. Yeah. But I've worked so hard on the technical stuff that I just let it go. Mm-hmm. I um, love that, and I just enjoy the process that's so a, much.
0: It's my favorite thing about performing. Like it's pretty rare for me now that I can't get in that. Like every once in a while I have a gig where I'm just like, I just don't lock in like you're the distracted whole time. or something. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> like the wedding party is especially drunk or something, you know? <laughs> you're like, uh, All
1: right, people. <laughs> yeah. And
0: I'm like, I'm having like trying to make sure no one spills alcohol on me. Actually just last week I was playing a gig and there was this happy, happy jumping man in front and he had a beer and he was, it was jumping it. and his beer was like landing <laughs> all over my body and I was like trying to sing respect you know it was just like so those are the kinds of sit. situations yeah. where I'm just like oh but yeah I mean there's something that's such a blessing about having cultivated that skill set of like just focusing yeah they really like lets you breathe yeah like it lets you kind of
1: And I always feel that I'm serving an art form. Yeah. That I'm being, I'm a vessel for this creation of music. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, I mean, I'm a huge believer that art brings functionality and beauty to the world. Mm -hmm. And this whole take art out of schools, take art out of whatever, it's not worth it. It's like, I don't even think people can comprehend what their world would be like. I know. Without all kinds of art. I know. Yeah. And it's just... um, It's such an inherent part of us as humans that I just feel that I'm just another small part of that. It's critical. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and then I, you know, I go to museums and look at paintings. Um, I particularly love sculpture. Cool. I just look at that and it's just amazing to me to think that a human being could carve that. I know. And that here's this beautiful representation of something. And I feel that way, you know, about music too. Yeah. Um, And that it's my job to get it out there Mm -hmm. and to let it serve its purpose. Mm -hmm.
2: I love that.
0: That's awesome. Okay, the last thing that I talk about with everybody is like this identity stuff. So the podcast is called Artifice, (laughs) um, which I just like it that it has the word art at the beginning but also I kind of have a firm belief that like there's always some version of like a break, a breakdown either between how, so like maybe for you it would be more like the artifice of how opera is perceived, but it could also Mm -hmm. go the other way. Like, so I'm, I don't, I don't know specifically what the question is, but in your life or in your relationship with your art, where do you feel like maybe there is, um, something in between yourself and the art or in between the art and the audience that gets like either misunderstood or that has like a breakdown that like maybe we wouldn't expect. It's so broad.
1: That is broad. Um I think but everybody's
0: version is different so. It's true. Yeah.
1: But I do think that certain things influence certain people. Yeah. Now having said that, I also think that if you're the more you're exposed to, then the greater amount of things you have to either like or dislike. Mm-hmm. Um I hope this is where this you want it this can question go to go. Wherever. I just I find beauty in all things and I know musicians who are super persnickety and super like, oh, that's not good. That's this mm-hmm. or I don't like that at all. Yeah. And I don't I try not to look at things that way. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tend to say, well, it's not my favorite. Sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and
0: it, it, the audacity to say something's not good connect. is just it's yeah. crazy to or me. I don't
1: connect to it. It's like yeah. every year when I teach American art song, for instance. Yeah. I always have students who are like, oh, I'm just not into modern music. And then we get into it and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that there was this and there was this and there was that. And I'm not saying that everybody out there has to be an opera lover. Like I've been to boring operas. I've heard people sing where it's kind of boring and I can see why somebody might not get that. So I'm not saying everybody has to choose classical music or opera as their medium for expression. But, um, I do think that people are just not open to certain things. Yeah. I think, um... And I think classical music and opera, you have to be still and quiet and you have to be able to open yourself mm-hmm. up to something yeah. completely be different. Curious, And it's, it's, I, you know, I always just want to say, don't say you don't like it if you don't give it a, yeah, if you don't give it a try, you yeah. know what I mean?
0: Yes. Well, and like I tell my students, they need to have a, the rule of three. Like you have to listen to it, really listen to it three times before mm-hmm. you are allowed to have an opinion (laughs) yeah you because you just don't know it like you know like listen to this piece of music three times like really listening to it and then and then you can say if you want to listen to it a fourth time you know like at least give it three
1: but then we'll say this too about sort of barriers between me and my art I think one of my favorite things about this career both the performing part and the teaching part is the people that I get to meet Mm. and I always meet people that are different than I expect. Yeah, Or people who awesome? have stories about how opera changed them. Or even if they don't love it and they're like, oh, I really enjoyed that though. I, I got this or this out of it that I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. Or I'll connect with somebody like at a donor event or something that I would never have met without that. Yeah. For me, it's a way to find commonalities between myself and other people. Mm-hmm. And that makes me feel connected to that person in spite of everything we may have yeah. as differences that's, and that's
2: that's
0: what i like about it totally that's so important that's kind of part of what i mean too with like i i think those of us that are in creative professions most of the time get this about people that like we have things in common even if it seems like we have nothing in common like we we kind of understand we're forced to understand that like their there connections are possible in a way that i wish i wish i saw it more like I wish I yeah. saw it more in, you know, maybe my family or, you know, just my community. But um, is there anything else that you want to say about, like, um, who you are and, like, who who you are as an artist? Like, is there anything that you feel like maybe people wouldn't expect about, like, anything in there? Oh, man.
1: <laughs> I know it's so I'm, much. I just, like... No, no, no I'm just trying I, to think of something that I haven't said already Something about me as an artist that people wouldn't expect. Like your um, identity
0: as like how you see yourself and like your identity as like the opera singer Melissa Heath.
1: Um, I don't like attention.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: I do not like attention. I think that's My a huge one. My husband always kind of teases me about it. He's like, you're a soprano. You're a, you're you're a diva. <laughs> yeah. Like you have this sparkly dress on and you don't yeah. like attention. Uh-huh. And um, as an artist, yeah, I like the art to have attention, mm-hmm. but I don't.
0: I so feel the same I way. I don't
1: like to just like I don't like attention for attention's yeah. sake, if that makes sense. Totally.
2: Like I'm, I'm a little so bit with of
1: an, I'm a little bit of an introvert. Yeah. Like I love talking to audience members after a gig because that's us connecting about the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm not gonna be like, let me do a little routine for you, or I'm right. gonna volunteer for this, or because he's like, Why don't you vote my husband I'm like, Why don't you volunteer for this? Or they need a singer for this, yeah. you should do it. And I'm like, I just
0: I'm so the same way. I don't
1: like extra attention. Yeah. And and I've heard people say before, well, but that means you're not giving your full... Gift mm. or whatever. And I'm like, I think I give plenty, <laughs> yeah. oh that's so stupid. That's such
0: a like a misunderstanding yeah. of what your gift is, but
1: I think that yeah. is something that people expect about singers sure. yeah. is that they are going to that they love attention. Mm-hmm. and we are. we tend to be more outgoing mm-hmm. people. Not everybody is. yeah, but we tend to have that. Well, but you at least have me, the skills of kind of yeah, but that takes a lot of energy for me I'm the to same have way. to have that. And I have to have the older I get, I have to have plenty of, like, introvert time yeah. to process everything and totally. to come back around. But I think probably few people would guess that that I don't like yeah I don't like any kind of attention. Yeah. And I'm even I'm in a lot of leadership positions. Yeah. And I do it because I'm good at it and I like helping people, but I do not like yeah. I get no sort of like high. Yes. Yeah. From
0: yeah. being in charge mm-hmm. or having attention. I'm so the same way. I like I relate to all of that. I also feel like I'm a good leader and like efficient and effective. But like I, I don't like. I just want to do my job, and that's all. I just want to do my job. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think that's a perfect answer. So just I think that like artists (laughs) and art in general get misunderstood, and so you know sometimes it's It's like this is what my intention was, and this is how people receive it. Sometimes it's like, you know, there's there's just like all. I think all artists have their different version of like. This is something that maybe like people wouldn't know yeah. or like this is a way that you know things are subject to interpretation or whatever it is I just I'm curious about it okay um final question what's your dream collaboration
1: (sighs) you know I a lot of my dream collaborations are coming up like when I get um Like last summer, I was asked to sing with Utah Symphony at Deer Valley. Mm-hmm. and
0: Such a gorgeous venue.
1: It is. And I loved working with that conductor. And so that ensemble was just absolutely amazing. Um, <clears throat> and I work with so many amazing musicians all the time that I really do tend to love most of the collaborations I'm, yeah. I'm in. I mean, if there are like pieces that I love singing or yeah. things like dream collaboration. Or like
0: even just a dream project, like something that you'd love to do.
1: I would love to, at this point in my career, I do a ton of oratorio and I love that, but I would love to travel a little bit more and do more opera roles. Yeah, where
0: you get to be like an actual character with an actual story. And I don't,
1: like I said, a traveling isn't my absolute favorite thing. I'm kind of a homebody, Yeah. but I would like to be able to to do like a, a, like a roll a year out of state. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to be able to do more of that because every time I do it, I just eat it up and I Mm -hmm. love, 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 love love it. You know, like so much of my life is given to my um, teaching career and leaving for six weeks. Isn't something you can do very easily. Mm -hmm. Um, And also in the summer, is that a thing? Yeah, but operas don't, there are, isn't the seasons are between like September and May. Mm, convenient right (laughs) yeah exactly when you're teaching that's what I'd like to do and so that's something I'm planning on doing and it's kind of scary because it's putting yourself out there and doing more auditions and just seeing what I can get in the way of roles for operas It
0: sounds like you're totally prepared to be wholehearted (laughs) and healthy about that so
1: (laughs) that's great and um You know, so that just means more rejections, I'm sure. But you are resilient (laughs) and you are ready. Um, I'm ready.
0: Where can my listeners hear you and like watch your performances or hear your beautiful voice
1: so i have a lot of things on youtube okay if they just look me up and i do i do a lot of things locally like over the next few months um so something i love doing that i've done for like the past 12 years is like every two or three years i sing with the alpine school district cool when they have their um masterworks festival with like all of their high schools like their chamber choirs come together awesome so i'm doing that in two weeks um, this
0: will air after that. Okay. <laughs> so I'm
1: singing Carmina Barano with BYU Awesome! and in during, in the third week of February, yeah. I'm Fun. singing, I'm soloing with UVU's women's choir, which cool. I love our women's choir because I'm my students. Carolyn you know. is
2: also just, yes, she's Cherilyn amazing. She's So great.
1: She's a fabulous conductor. Um, underrated. Yeah, BTW. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, She's an amazing person to interview, by the way. Yeah, we'd love to have her on.
0: I'm getting I'm trying to spread the UVU faculty out a little bit.
1: (laughs) So I'm singing a solo with women's choir at ACDA. So the Western ACDA, comp, you know about this Mm because you're on the board. Yes. And then I'm singing with Utah chamber artists. Now that is a collaboration. I've wanted to sing with chamber artists for a long time. That's the choir that Barlow Bradford conducts. I'm singing with them at the very end of February. Cool. So, and then ACD. This app, is probably going
0: to come out that. in March. Okay.
1: Well, um, today it's January. In, in April, I am singing with Ballet West again. Cool. They're oh, for their, great. um, um, their spring opera. And of okay. course I'll right now like I can't links. remember the name.
0: I'll get links from, <clears throat> from, you for that. Okay. I'll, I'll and that it. is
1: going to be from the pit. So when okay. I did Carmina Burana Ooh. with them, I was on stage, yeah. but I'll be singing this from the pit, which is that's actually kind of nice. Cause you don't have cool. to like, Yeah costume hair or whatever totally um you just kind of like yeah sing I in, like your, it. in your black and go yeah and i love working with ballet west yeah talk about a dream collaboration yeah.
0: i've been trying to get someone from ballet west for so really long
1: they're, if you have
0: you can hook me up with people that would be incredible awesome. incredible people they're busy and i think oh, what sure. i call they're like <clears throat> who so um because i'm like i need i have been trying to get a ballerina on this podcast for a full year
1: uh, that's a that's an interview I'd love to hear. Actually, I think that the work they do is fascinating.
0: Help me get someone because okay. like well, I have even I've lined up interviews and then like they get canceled at the last minute. I'm like, give <laughs> me a ballerina. I need one. It's not for a lack of trying. They're busy. Yeah, but They're we busy can. I, I feel confident we can do it. Anyway. Yeah, Melissa, thank you so much for You're being welcome. here I such feel, a pleasure I to feel privileged better. yeah
1: well me too fancy i'm a fancy person now because i'm on a, i was on a podcast on a podcast in a couple months i guess <laughs> yes. who knows my life could be totally different by then
2: i hope it's <laughs>
0: if that's true it's different in a good way
1: No. I'm well thank you so much have, thank you, have a great night
0: Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our music is by Jerem Hansen and artwork by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, please send me a note through my website, emvocals.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.